This is Stanley bringing you the sound doctrine of the Bible. Under God, I conducted sound doctrine seminars in 1997, 2007, and 2012. The talks of these seminars are now made available to you in segments of 10 to 15 minutes each. They are for your enlightenment and edification. We continue from what we saw in the previous segment. Now we'll continue the study of this prosperity doctrine that has come up because of a misunderstanding of the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. The prosperity doctrine is the positive confession. The Bible does not speak about positive confession. The Bible does not speak about negative confession. But the Bible speaks about true confession. Neither positive nor negative, but true confessions. What are we to confess? Number one, we must confess our sins to God. 1 John 1 9. We must confess our sins to God. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. Secondly, we must confess our faults to one another. That's called reconciliation. That is James 5.16. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another. When you come to the altar, if you remember that your brother has something against you, leave the gift at the altar. Go get reconciled. So confess your sins to God and confess your faults to one another. Thirdly, confess that Christ rose from the dead. That is what we read in Romans 10.9. If you believe in your heart that Christ rose from the dead, you will be saved. And if you make that your mouth confession, salvation will be made. So that's what we have to confess, that Christ rose from the dead. That's what we read also in 2 Corinthians 4th chapter. And verses 13 and 14. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believe and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. What is that you speak? Verse 14. Knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with him. That is what we have to confess. Fourthly, we have to confess Christ and His gospel before others. Matthew 10 and verse 32. Whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. Fifthly, we must confess that we are strangers and pilgrims on this earth. Hebrews 11th chapter, 13th verse. 
These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth. Don't think about any other confession. Confession of sins to God. Confession of faults to one another. Confession that Christ rose from the dead and we also will rise from the dead. Confession of Christ and his message before an adulterous generation. And confession that we are temporary residents in this passing world. Be sensible when you make confessions. Don't cheat yourself, don't dupe yourself by telling what which is not true. Now most of what is taught by these positive confession preachers is a man-centered theology rather than a God-centered faith. There are certain statements they make. Number one, the miracle is in your mouth. Who told you? Inside your mouth only there are some rotten teeth, they are not healed yet. Who told you miracle is in your mouth? Where is miracle? Miracle is in the hands of God. The Bible says, Neither of him who desires, nor of him who runs, but God who shows mercy. Amen. So miracle is not in your mouth. Where is it? In the hands of God. It is not of him who desires. Or of him who runs. But God who shows mercy. Any miracle is not conditioned. It is only compassioned. Any miracle that God performs today is not because of step number one and step number two and step number three are obeyed. It is because God had compassion on that situation and he granted a miracle. Where shall we go to find bread for so many thousands of people in this wilderness? So no faith in disciple one, no faith in disciple two, no faith in disciple three and no faith up to disciple number twelve. And what did they say? Please send them away immediately. They gave him a diplomatic solution. What did Jesus say? I have compassion on the people. So because of compassion, he performed a miracle. I honestly believe until this day, if God performs a miracle, it is primarily because of his compassion. Should we not pray then? You pray. Should we not believe then? You please will believe. But I tell you the sovereign plan and purpose of God, He would decide whether to perform a miracle or not. Prayer does not change God. Prayer changes you. Please understand that this is the basic mistake that is available all over Tamil Nadu. Prayer does not change God. 
Prayer changes you to fit into the plan of God. That is what prayer does. Prayer is not trying to wriggle out certain things from the stubborn hands of an angry father. Not at all. He is our father and we are his children. We tell him as a child would tell the father. The father knows whether granting of that request will be good for the child or not good for the child. It's neither of him who desires, nor of him who works for it, but of God who shows mercy. I'm sorry, that is my theology. I cannot change it because my Bible speaks only about that kind of theology. And the second um, statement they normally make, what I confess, I will possess. No. What I ask, God may or may not give. Don't allow anybody to tell you to stop taking medicine. Suppose you are taking medicine for a sickness. Somebody comes to you and prays for you. And after prayer, that person tells you, Brother, sister, please throw away all the medicine. God has told me that God has healed you, please throw away all the medicine. If any person tells that, please immediately ring up the emergency phone number 100. That person must be handed over to the police. You know why? He is practicing medicine without license. Nobody can prescribe medicine or stop medicine without a license. You know what you can do? Pray for a person. After that, if the person can walk, it is alright. If the person cannot walk, take a taxi, go with that person to the concerned physician, and go for another x-ray, and go for another angiogram, and go for another blood test, and after the blood test have come, after the doctor says stop, stop medicine, then only then you can stop medicine. That's what Jesus did. He was a leper. Jesus healed him. What did Jesus say? Go to the priest. Why? The priest only knows how to check whether the person is healed of leprosy or not. Because the, in the book itself it is given how you will identify, diagnose uh, the leprosy what type of leprosy, everything is given in the Levitical order. So Jesus said, go to the priest. The priest must check you completely. And if he declares you are healed, you should not run away immediately. You pay the doctor's fees and then go. Whatever offering Moses has asked you to pay, you pay it, then you go. So nobody should ever tell another person who is undergoing treatment, please stop treatment. 
If somebody is wearing thick glasses, Jairaj is having thick glasses. Suppose I pray for him. Moses, even when he was 120 years old, his eyes did not grow dim. But this man is just 50, 50 years. He's already wearing for one, two, three, four glasses. Suppose I pray for him. And I tell him, God has healed you. Come on, smash these glasses. And if he goes down, and he drives in his car, I must have faith to sit with him. <laughs> it's easy to be fooling around people. In the name of religion, you can do anything. You know, once upon a time, which was the best business in the world? Cinema. And that changed. Fifteen years ago, you know what was the best business in the world? Politics. But do you know what is the best business today in the world? Religion. Don't get into this groove. What you confess, you don't possess. You ask God and God in His sovereign will may or may not give. So if you want to know about going to the priest and then getting yourself checked, you can read Mark 1, 40-44. The third statement they normally make, you can have the faith of God. Not faith in God. They say you can have the faith of God. You know what they say? God said, let there be light. And they say, God believed what he said, it seems. So because God believed what he said, then there was light. This is the doctrine of demon. The Bible does not speak about God having faith or not having faith. God said, let there be light. How did light come? Because it was a word of God's authority. This is not because of God's faith, it was because of God's authority. Whom will he believe? On whom will he put his faith? You want God to put faith on his word? He has authority. Let there be light. And there was light. We'll continue our study in the next segment. God bless you.